bad smack. There we go. Let's get one last smack. Okay. One last smack. Three, two, one. All right, you had a good smack. I had a bad smack, but we're smacking into the theme song. As long as it's not the last smack. Because this is the last songs episode of CTC. Last songs. Why don't you tell these people what this podcast is even about if they haven't listened to the last few episodes? This is CTC, connecting the classics. Hey, but you know more than I know. This is a music podcast where Will knows more than I know. We are music enthusiasts. We pick an album each week. And then from those albums, we start with our own album and we use songs to connect back to the other person's albums, creating a musical web of references, Kevin Bacon style. Kevin Bacon style. And there's no more to be said. So let's get in some JJ Kale, Rad Me High, and talk about the albums we chose this week. So I guess I kicked it off with Last songs. The theme of the episode was last songs. So, of course, the first thing that I thought of, not the last, the first and last thing I thought of was Semisonic's Closing Time. So I chose their 1998 album, Feeling Strangely Fine, which I basically chose it because of Closing Time, because that was one of, you know, the last great hits of the 90s. Yeah. Quintessential 90s rock. We can get into it, but what did you pick? What did you fire back with? So I fired back with Closing Time, Tom Waits, uh, which also has a song called Closing Time. So kind of connecting our own albums right off the bat. Yeah, uh, we do six songs of separation, Kevin Bacon style. But honestly, this one, you could do easy connection, you know, Closing Time, done. Closing Time. <laughs> <laughs> no webs to be woven there. But itself. we're going to have some fun with it. Uh, I thought the theme of last songs can, you know, be interpreted in all these different ways. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, obviously you could go with just the last song on the album. Closing time is actually the first song on feeling strangely fine, which we'll launch into it in a second, but really quick, you know, we do themes some t- from time to time on connecting to classics. We had a listener s- submit a few themes in the past. And if you submit a theme, you get $1 Venmo to your account. So thanks again to Will McCamley for albums that make you want to fight. We've paid them. The checks are cleared. And we've got another email from a listener with some episode theme ideas. I'll just read them off really quick. This is from Gordy. He says, hey, guys, big fan of the show. longtime listener, first time writer. Had some theme ideas for you. Music my dad loves. Ooh. Okay. His dad? Yeah. <laughs> Gordy, what does your dad love? Right. Write us back and let us know what your dad loves. And I'm a, I don't I don't know you, Gordy, but I'm assuming it's classic rock. Bruce based Springsteen. Based on your profile picture. Modern classics. Uh, connecting the classics. You know, sometimes we do modern, sometimes we do old. So I'm going to reject that one. Actually good wedding songs. Maybe. We've done that on a past version of the podcast. I burned this onto an MP3, which makes me think Gordy is just a fraud because you can't really you burn onto an MP3. Play this at my funeral. <laughs> he means CD. He means CD. Play this on at my funeral. I like that one. Dinner party bangers, maybe a little bangers and mash. I like so, that. Hey, if we pick one of those, we'll Venmo you one dollar. But you got to listen to more episodes to find out. Anyways, let's launch into my first connection. From Feeling Strangely Fine, opening song, Semisonic, closing time. You know it, you love it. (laughs) I got some thoughts on this one, so let me know when you want to fade it down. (laughs) And I'll pause it right here, but I feel like the beginning of this song, when I was listening to it, really reminded me of that Everlast song, Father of Mine, speaking of songs my dad loves. Which uh, which is first? Uh, Good question. Maybe you can Google that, but... That song, just so you know, is like, down, 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 father of mine. 
So let's play this back. But that's essentially this is just, and this is ninety eight. So was, hey, this is a wow. Semisonic so should <laughs> Everlast should sue Semisonic. So you're connecting my thoughts before I even ask them. Because I was gonna say, how do you write a song so catchy when the rest of your album is such shit? <laughs> and they just steal songs. That's how you get a hit. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know. So this song, obviously, thinking about last songs, it was actually written because they wanted to have a song to play at the end of their live sets. When I was doing a little research, I found that, which I thought was interesting. But it's obviously become one of those songs that, you know, a bar will play at closing time or like, you know, maybe at the end of a wedding, you play at closing time definitely fits the theme of like a last song yeah i'll also kind of reading up on it i thought it found this backstory that the singer dan wilson his girlfriend was pregnant when he was writing this so it's also uh-huh about like giving birth in a way which is interesting it's like the end of being in the womb and coming out into the world Dan Wilson also wrote uh, "Not Ready." He co-wrote "Not Ready to Make Nice" with the Chicks and "Someone Like You" with Adele. Oh wow, really? Yeah. So he's had a good career beyond. So he, he didn't go away. Uh, apparently, though, the way that this song got so popular too is they paid between seven hundred and eight hundred thousand dollars to get it on the radio. No way. Payola. So what did you think of this album and this song? So this song is undeniably catchy. It's great. I think it's, you know, stood the test of time culturally. Yeah, it's lasted. The rest of the album is just full of stinkers. Yeah. Just like cliche, bad, bland pop music. And it was, I thought there'd be one other song maybe that was like halfway decent. I was skipping them. I, I got to be honest. I had to skip a couple. The second song, Singing in My Sleep, was also like a little hit. And I thought that one was kind of good. There's a song, DND, where they sing the words, what a clown, kind of in the same tone as um, Femme Fatale by Velvet Underground. Uh-huh. And that's my John Cale get out jail free card. <laughs> All right. You got to get out of jail for that horrible album pick. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this album, I gotta say, but, you know, just this song was too good. It was gonna be a connection no matter what, so I figured we might as well yeah. listen to the album. One I thing res- I thought was... I respect it. One thing I thought was cool about the album is they recorded it, like, around Minneapolis, because this is a Minneapolis band, uh-huh. and they... It was, like, you know, late 90s, so both bands would just go into a studio, but they ended up using, like computers to take different recordings from different locations and meld them together to form the album oh really so hey they were ahead of their time that is actually pretty early for 98 yeah and also the drummer jacob schlichter was raised in my hometown champaign illinois wow okay i'll give you 10 points for champaign thank you wow 10 points it's usually only worth five i know but you didn't actually force this one, so you get a 10. Also, just to give Semisonics some semi-credit, they're a trio, but 
I feel like the album, even though it is very poppy and everything, like it's very big and full and, you know, they play like stri- they have strings and piano and stuff like that. So I'll give them some credit for that. I'll give them five points for that. <laughs> well, I will say listeners, this is the one album that you could probably skip. Um, <laughs> it's not a classic. We don't always connect the classics. on yeah, connecting the classics. We will definitely let you know that we mean it when we tell you to listen to albums. And, and so uh, I'm telling you now you can, you don't actually have to, to check this one out. Um, but jumping to Tom Waits, are you ready to, to pivot to my album? We'll talk a little bit about Tom Waits and yep, then we'll go into my pick. Um, so yeah, I actually didn't know too much about this album. Uh, prior to this, you know, Tom Waits is such a, uh, almost like a cultural icon. Um, I had never really dug into his discography. Um, this album closing time is his first album. He almost has this like jazz, like piano bar singer vibe to him, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know if you you liked it or not, but uh, I would say I was about in the middle. I didn't hate it. Wouldn't say I loved it, but there's definitely some some hits that were great. Um, Martha is a classic. Uh, a lot of his songs end up being covered, kind of like Bob Dylan. Uh, mm. We'll be weaving that. But web. Uh, okay, good. Uh, but let me launch into my pick. I went with "I Hope That I Don't Fall in Love with You." Uh, super like, oh, we 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 crossing streams. I was actually I have a different pick for because I'm connecting from Semisonic to Tom Waits with three songs of separation, while Lee connects opposite direction with three songs of separation, Kevin Bacon style. But I did pick for my song the same one as you. But let me let me edit that out. Starting now, boom, I'm in. I picked. Uh, I picked closing time I did, by Tom Waits. N- no, no, I did pick the same that song as my. All right, delete me. Just edit back in. I picked all a right. different song for my connection, but as I was listening back to Tom Waits' uh, closing time album, I was like, I have to pick. Uh, I don't want to fall in love with you or whatever it's called because it's just a great song. But anyways, keep going. It's a great song. Launching into it seems like one of those ones. I, I feel like I've heard it in a soundtrack or something, but it's. It's uh, perfect for like a quirky indie film. Launching into Tom Waits. I hope that I don't fall in love with you. Great choice. expecting his voice to be rougher well so i think you maybe have talked about this on the podcast but as his career goes on his voice definitely gets gruffer he's like constantly smoking cigarettes he's like one of those people where he's i feel like he's always uh looking cool he's like either in a diner with a cup of coffee and a cigarette or he's like in a bar with a beer and a cigarette he's always uh, at the bar at closing time yeah, the exactly. Old man at the bar. He's been an old man since he was like twenty. Well, and he definitely like part of his persona was that he almost had that piano bar feel to him. Uh, one music journalist I was reading described it as uh, singing praises to old cars and barflies, looking for the heart of Saturday night, which I feel like really encapsulates. He's like the guy in the corner, like playing piano drunkenly and singing, uh, you know, old American classics. Yeah. Um, Cause this is 1973. So it's like Bob Dylan has really been on the scene 10 plus years now. Yeah. And I feel like this album kind of sounds closer to like Bob Dylan in a way in that, cause his voice really does get pretty, rough as it goes on and so i feel like that's how i always 
associate Tom Waits as like the drunken old guy in the place, but it's like he's got some stories to tell kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas in this album, it was definitely a lot more like lighter and more melodic and like kind of poppy in a way too. Yeah. I was reading that he um, would claim that he was born in the back of a taxi, <laughs> even though that was disputed as being true, but it reminded me of like Bob Dylan did the same thing. He would lie about his like origin story. Wow. Very much that like great American, uh, you know, folklore hero type troubadour who's like representing a slice of American life. Where Tom Waits got his start playing at the troubadour. Yeah. I'll give you 100 points for that. Hey, I'll give you 100 points for catching that one. <laughs> hey, have another stout. I'll have another stout. It's closing time. Search the place for your lost face Cause I'll have another round And I think that I just This is the kind of song, if you were drunk enough, would be the perfect closing time song that you could just sing with a, a stout in your hand. And you're either singing to a romantic interest or just mumbling to yourself yeah. alone, depressed. It could be a, like, it is kind of a love song, obviously, but like bluesy one. But I feel like when Tom Waits sings it, it's sad. Yeah. And, you know, he's pretty young at this point in his career. Uh, the other thing I wanted to call out that I thought was interesting is that he was considered almost like a beatnik revival, which, you know, by 73, the beatniks is really sort of in the past. So he was almost doing like this nostalgic thing for, um, you know, the beatnik era, which I think is in in line with his brand. All right. Do uh, you want to start your next connection here? Yeah. So I'm going to be connecting from Semisonics, Feeling Strangely Fine, to Tom Waits, Closing Time. And I'm going into Connection One. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh <laughs> So as I was saying, the drummer of of Semisonic is Jacob Schlichter, and he was born in he was actually born in Boston apparently, but mm-hmm. he grew up in Champaign, Illinois. His parents were professors, and I'm pretty sure he went to my high school. He wrote a book called "So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star," which came out in 2004 when I was 13 in Champaign, Illinois, and I read it back then. And we've been already been talking about Bob Dylan. Uh, Semisonic is a Minnesota Minneapolis band because Jacob Schlichter eventually moved to San Francisco where the Beatniks were. And then he ended up moving to Minneapolis because he heard there was a thriving music scene there during the mid nineties. Uh-huh. And that's where Bob Dylan's from launching into, so you want to be a rock and roll star, the cover of the birds who got their start covering Mr. Tambourine man by Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan performing with Tom Petty live. Wow. So you want to be a rock and roll star. I think Semisonic kind of has some guitar riffs like this on the album. Like one note, like... I say I love that we're already connecting over Bob Dylan. I know, we're weaving webs. By the way, we don't plan any of this. So this song is kind of like a tongue-in-cheek song by the birds about bands like the Monkees who 
like they wrote this in 1967 so kind of talking about how rock and roll has gone pop and it's like formulaic so you want to be a rock and roll star and make these like generic songs but great guitar solo here talking about great guitar solos weaving webs across episodes uh in so you want to be a rock and roll star the book by semisonic strummer he said he talks about how he would get bullied at school and he said i would step off the school bus in front of my house in champaign illinois carrying my cello and school books under my left arm and lugging my tuba and lunch bag with my right was grateful to be home from school where even girls shoved me around I'd set down my books and instruments and run upstairs to the room above our garage where my drum set, a stereo, and some headphones waited in a large closet. So Jeez. kind of that idea of Rivers Kumo, <laughs> where you saying geez, just because he's a huge nerd. Yeah, he's just getting beat up. Yeah, <laughs> by girls. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we- Weezer's in the garage. We listened to that on the last episode. Um, just this idea of, you know, having the place where musicians can make music. Um, but then in the book, the drummer goes on to talk about how he saw an all-black funk band perform at school, and they became his favorite band, and they were called Instant Cool with a K. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the drummer of that band got kicked out, and he joined the band and became like the white drummer of an all-black band, and so everyone thought he was cool. Nice. And like, he started signing autographs at school after being bullied. So I don't know if you found this, but when I was doing like research on this theme, last is inevitably this like, you know, relationship with starts, you know, closing and opening last and first. Yeah. It's a pretty common theme throughout music. Actually. It's like the alpha and the omega. <laughs> do, or do or die. Another episode you should check out. But yeah, another thing from So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star really quick. Uh, just talking about Minneapolis. Schlichter says, without such horrible weather keeping people from Minneapolis inside with their guitars, the theory goes, the world might never have heard of Bob Dylan, Prince, The Suburbs, The Replacements, Husker Du, Babes in Toyland, The Times, Soul Asylum, or The Jayhawks. Nice. But Semisonic was inside making terrible music, so... <laughs> I mean, it could have been one of those things where a producer or the pressure from the studio or something just like creates just horribly bland cookie cutter music. Yeah, because it does seem like they had good taste and they were like yeah. this kind of thriving art scene. But I think it's when I was listening to the car with my wife, Anna, go to him. Uh, she said this sounds like third eye blind which I feel yeah. like is very true. So it's probably like maybe the label pushing them to sound like third eye blind or even them sure. pushing themselves. And, you know, like they obviously wanted to be on alternative rock stations. Yeah. Um, so I almost did a connection to third eye blinds, uh, slow motion from their album blue, which wow. on weirdly on street, I love that song and on streaming services, it's, listed as the last song on the album, but when it originally came out, it was the 11th song. So I don't know why that wow. happened, but not an official last song. So I went with Bob Dylan that had nothing to do with the theme, but I'm passing it back. We're like those people who now see numbers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. 11, <laughs> 11 is the year I was born. And uh, I remember I had okay. an Uber driver who was uh, taking me home and was like, taking oh, you yeah, home. Taking me is like, I know <laughs> exactly. I would give you a thousand points for that. Oh, uh, but that's good. He, he was telling me how he saw Beyonce shape shifting at Coachella and like everyone's <laughs> lizard people. And then he's like, Oh, yeah. And I was, oh, I see royal right there. Like, I see the word royal everywhere because I actually come from like a royal bloodline. Yeah. But that's going to be people uh, who like us after doing this podcast. Like, after doing the no, last Prince songs. relates to the Prince Royal because I see Royal a lot and Prince is there. Minnesota, Minneapolis, weaving webs. <laughs> All right, passing it back. All right. I love the connection. I didn't know there was the champagne to Minneapolis. 
So jumping back to my album, we're doing some Tom Waits. We were talking a bit about his Beatnik revival. By the way, Tom Petty, Tom Waits, another connection. Wow, Tom's um, all over music. Tom's shoes, uh, blue suede shoes. All right, I'll let all right, you do right, connection. All right, let me do my connection. Uh, so we had Tom Waits. Uh, his connection got me to our Beatnik writers, which this one is sort of an honorary, an honorary beatnik writer or beat writer, uh, not as, you know associated with Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg, but Charles Bukowski. No uh, way, dude! I was going to play. So you want to be a writer? I don't know if that's nice. what you're going into, but I no, it's not. Really I had the Bukowski to. song download, but just we don't plan this, but we weave these webs. We're weaving webs here. Uh, so using that beatnik connection got me to some Charles Bukowski. There's a lot of similarities between him and Tom Waits, uh, including sort of the, uh, bar fly, uh, you know, slice of life, someone who's constantly in dive bars drinking, um, jumping into the opening and closing songs from the semi-autobiographical film Barfly. This is nice. Booker T and the MGs. Hip hug her. Wow. Is this instant cool? Yeah. So this was a 1983 movie. Uh, I, Tom Waits isn't associated with it, but uh, you know it's very much that same kind of character that you hear him singing about. Um, the movie features Bukowski's alter ego, Henry Hank Chinowski. Chinowski? How do you Chinowski? Um, That's how I pronounce it in my head. And also tying back to what we had talked before about. They used this not only for the opening of the film, but then also brought it back for the closing. Ooh, I'll give you two points. So your last song could be your like credits song, last song of a movie. Treat my first like my last and my last like my first. <laughs> A lot of his books feature Hank Chinoski as the protagonist, which is like sort of a autobi or like fictionalized version of himself. Like you said, yeah. like guy who drinks a lot, goes to like the horse races, and is like a womanizer. The book Hollywood is about him writing the screenplay for Barfly, and like kind of goes into just the Hollywood background of it in a fictionalized way. But I thought it's a pretty good read. Well, and the other connection I realized was that uh, Bukowski is an L.A. guy just like Tom Waits. Whereas, you know, sometimes those types of characters you kind of think is a New York thing. I don't know. You can, I guess. The sort of bar fly in New York. But, um, yeah, both drinking in L.A., the streets of L.A. And this sort of idea that, you know, their life is miserable, but they, you know, take these brief moments to you know, have some kind of artistic expression in the movie. It's poetry. You know, Bukowski, a clear, obviously a writer, and then Tom Waits, a singer. So, kind of that same trope. But I'm gonna go on a run here. That Booker Ooh. T song was pretty quick. Uh, so the other thing, just quickly note about Booker T, uh, they were the you know studio band for Stax Records. We talked about Stax a couple episodes ago. Uh, Steve Cropper was the guitarist in Booker T. Steve Cropper produced that Big Star album. Uh, and so uh, one fun fact I read about them was they were one of the first racially integrated rock groups. So you were talking about Instant Cool. Oh, my uh, God, dude. Booker T setting the stage for that. And so then last thing for my connection here. So we're going Tom Waits, Charles Bukowski, Booker T and the MGs. They actually had a really fun, uh, you know, relationship with John Lennon. He was a huge fan and they were a big fan of the Beatles. And he used to call them Book a Table and the Mater D's, which I thought was a hilarious like name to 
call your friends band. So jumping into, this is John Lennon. This is his last album before he died. This is cleanup time. So sometimes you clean up with that last song. We're weaving so many webs, I can't even handle it right now. <laughs> bubble, bubble. This is John Lennon appropriating music. Yeah, appropriating disco. Sunlight on the face. You and me together. We are in a place. The gods are in the heaven. The angels treat as well. Oracle is spoken. We cast the perfect spell. In the counting house, counting out the money. The king is in the kitchen. So Lennon's sort of idea behind this uh, cleanup time to him was just cleaning up diets, finances, as well as drug habits. Because uh, this is, you know, his last album before he gets murdered, uh, 1980. So you know, it's time to clean up. Can't be doing drugs anymore. Now, just got just one more time, just the last time. time. (laughs) Yeah, you quit quitting. So then he also uses cleanup just as like a domestic implication of like he's doing his chores. The king is in the kitchen making bread and honey. <laughs> cleanup the time. The king. That reminds me of a royal, which I see everywhere. Wow, prince. prince. Which reminds me of Minnesota. Minneapolis. So we left off at Minneapolis. Jumping back to your connections. Yeah, so you went on a run there and really threw me off because it would have been perfect because we have weaved so many webs. We don't plan this at all, but I'm connected from Semisonic Tom Waits. I left off with So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star, which I didn't fully explain my connection, but aside from that being the title of uh, the drummer of Semisonic's book, which you know you were talking beatniks and he's beating the drums. Uh-huh. And in high school, he was beating the drums as and it's the, the white guy in an all-black band. And you okay. were talking Steve's, like Steve Cropper. Um, okay. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were an all-white band with a black drummer in 1994, right around when Semisonic was forming. Yep. When, uh, what's his name? Something Lynch left the band. Stan Lynch left okay. the band. And Steve Ferroni took over. Um, who you might also know from Average White Band. Uh, not Semisonic, which is another Average White Band, but the band called wow. Average White Band. And he was that band's only non-white member. So we've actually weaved a lot of webs without planning this with like, you know, mixed race groups, breaking boundaries, and Charles Bukowski, because I'm about to launch into a poem by Charles Bukowski, because I had the same thought that, you know, Tom Waits is kind of this Charles Bukowski figure who, and I quickly looked it up during this episode and he was like inspired by Bukowski's poetry, which makes a lot, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you we're going from, so you want to be a rock and roll star to Charles Bukowski's poem read by some random guy on the internet who sounds like he wants to be a version of Tom Waits or Bukowski's. So you want to be a writer. We'll just listen to a little bit. 
little acoustic so guitar in the background. You want to be a writer. Tom Waits. By Charles nice. If it doesn't come bursting out of you, in spite of everything, don't do it. Unless it comes unmasked out of your heart and your mind and your mouth and your gut, don't do it. If you have to sit up for hours staring at your computer screen or hunched over your typewriter, searching for words, don't do it. If you're doing it for money or fame, don't do it. If you're doing it because you want women in your bed, don't do it. <laughs> if you have we to gotta make a rewrite so you want to be a podcaster, again, don't do it. So good. If it's hard work, just thinking about doing it, don't do it. If you're trying to write also special shout out to Too Short, so you want to be a gangster and leftover crack, so you want to be a cop. Then wait patiently. If it never does roar out of you, do something else. If you first have to read it to your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your parents or to anybody. But yeah, this isn't the best example of a Bukowski poem, but you know, obviously matches. So you want to be a rock and roll star. Love it. I definitely had a big Bukowski phase. Don't be dull and boring and pretentious. Don't be consumed with self-love. And I was going to say, when we both picked Bukowski, I was going to say, I beer shit you not, because Bukowski has a great poem about beer shits. Yeah. Like something about there's nothing better than a beer shit in the morning. Unless being still would drive you to madness or suicide or murder. But I'm going to fade this out because I've been talking over some random old guy talking and going a little run. So you want to be a rock and roll star. It was originally written by the birds and the bass player, Chris Hillman, wrote it. And... He has said, according to Wikipedia, that which Wikipedia knows more than we know, that he composed the song's bass part during a recording session for the South African musician Hugh Masekela, launching into a song by Masekela, who is, I might be mispronouncing that. He, he plays trumpet and he actually played on the Birds album. And this is a song of his called Soweto Blues. Nice. Give you 100 points for Hugh Masekela. Yeah, I don't know much about him, to be honest. You, you got any facts on him? Just a r- famous crossover artist from South Africa. Makosa was the big hit he had. Soul Makosa, that's it. So the vocalist on this is Miriam Makeba, or Mama Africa. Uh, it was written about the Soweto uprising, which I didn't know much about, but I was doing a little research on it in apartheid South Africa. In 1976, the government ruled that Afrikaans had to be taught in school. And the students um, kind of protested that because it was like Desmond Tutu said that Afrikaans was the language of the oppressor. Um, They mostly spoke English. And so students took to the streets and a lot of them were killed. So this is kind of a song about that. I'm I'm so wrong. uh, Manu Dabigo is the sole Makosa. Ooh, I'm going to give you minus 100 yeah, points. Yeah, subtract some points from me. But both similar, I think, in terms of had this crossover hits in the U.S. I think his big crossover hit was Snakes in the Grass, Hugh Mesquela. Well, it is interesting that he was playing horns on the Birds album in the 60s, too.
He's also the biological uncle of Earl Sweatshirt. Whoa, what? And the singer is his wife. And he also married Cab Calloway's daughter. After he married this singer. So did he immigrate to the U.S.? I'm trying to... He must have, or at least was over here playing music. Yeah, I don't know, but... He's probably one of those guys who is like kind of a world traveler, world artist. Yeah. Just getting out of South Africa. One other thing I'll add is there's also a huge like jazz scene in South Africa and he was definitely one of the main staples. The other name that you'll sometimes hear is Dollar Brand. I don't know if that sounds familiar. No. And he's actually the dad of Jean Grey. Do you know the rapper Jean Grey? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's her dad. Wow. Which is So random. music really is all nepotism. Yeah, definitely. Connection to last songs. Introducing Afrikaans in schools was the last straw. Ah. Minus 100 points. That's insensitive. Yeah, again, you know, kind of going on the theme of wasn't super familiar with Semisonic's music. Not super familiar with this artist, but just wanted to check out some new music. There's a whole conversation to be had around South Africa and um, can even talk a little bit about Paul Simon going down there and just recording with those musicians and then peacing out. Yeah, and also, I guess, like, Apartheid was kind of before our time, but it was something going on internationally that the U.S. was kind of aware of. Um, mm-hmm. And it is yeah, why, directly related to music. Why did they get a pass music. for that? What do you mean? I Like, uh, they just all try to pretend like they didn't have racism like within the last 40 years. Uh, I think like it's still segregation. pretty... I think it's is still it? pretty okay. well known. Yeah. Okay. All right, you want to pass it? Yeah, and pass it back. All this right, might be the last episode. This episode's terrible. All right, pass it back. What? Oh, no, I'm kidding. No. It's good. Don't don't give up. It's not closing time. Yeah. So we were working from Tom Waits trying to get back to Semisonic. Uh, we've hit along the way Charles Bukowski, Booker T, MGs. Did some John Lennon, and uh, do you know where John Lennon's from? England, the He's last England. empire. He's from the last empire, England, in a town called Liverpool. Uh, so one other thing I was thinking about as far as last songs is sporting events. Always, Some teams have like a last song that they play after they win or lose. Um, and so I didn't want to do any like Sweet Caroline for the Red Sox or anything like that. But Liverpool has a fun sort of anthem that their team uses. They actually will sing it before games, in the middle of games, or at the end of games. Uh, We may have talked about this in the past, but I don't know if we've played the original version uh, from a Liverpool group in the 60s 
This is Jerry and the Pacemakers. You'll never walk alone. When you nice. walk through a storm, hold your head up high. This is their theme song. Yeah, so all the fans will always sing this song. It's exactly what I'd expect from Liverpool. Yeah, it's just a big, loud work in chant. America. And this actually comes from a Rogers Hammerstein uh, show tune. Nice. Fucking Rogers. There's a golden sky and the sweet silver So tying back to an episode we've talked about, they actually were one of the rival bands of the Beatles in mm. Hamburg. Oh, the wow. Bond scene. Rival, like friendly rival, or they didn't get along? They would just, yeah, it was like... So here's where they sing the... Liverpool will sing this part of the song. you were asking rival bands so it would be like you know who can be the most popular band on the street right similar maybe to the jamaica sound system culture we talked about where you're like fighting to draw the most people dude it's crazy that you picked that song because my next connection is go cubs go the song they play at the end of every cubs game nice wow we just no i'm uh, just kidding i'm kidding (laughs) Oh damn! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm uh, I'm gonna pass it back. I've only got my song from Semisonic, so I'm gonna pass it back. Okay. Well, we're connecting albums. I'm working my way from Semisonic to Tom Waits. We heard Bob Dylan and Tom Petty. We heard Charles Bukowski. We heard Hugh Masekela and his song about the Soweto uprising, which was. Do you remember what it was? What was what? What was the Soweto uprising? What did you learn on connecting the classics today? That they were rebelling against the oppressor and their. But why? English. Or what was the last straw? Apartheid. Okay, so and hey, banning, minus five for not for not listening but, <laughs> and banning the use of their language. Yeah, I probably mumbled it, but it was when the government was forcing Afrikaans into schools as a replacement of English. So my connection here is going into The Replacements, another Minnesota band. Wow. And this is the last song on their album, All Shook Down, The Last. Give you 100 points for talking about a band we haven't talked about. But it won't be the last time. Does it hurt to fall in love so easy? Does it hurt to fall in love so fast? Does it hurt you to find out thirty second hand? Is it such a big task? It's such a big task. Are you too proud to ask? Remember, last one was your last. It's too early to run to mama. It's too late to run the last one was your last 
guess I will tell you cause I don't want to ask that this one be your last. I thought this song kind of had a little this Tom Waitsy feel. It's killing you. This one's your last chance to make this last one really the last. The piano kind of ballady. A lot of replacement songs can be, you know, louder. They kind of were influenced by the punk scene as well as like classic rock. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, a this lot of, feels like a piano bar yeah. versus some of their other stuff. A lot of I'm not super familiar with the replacements either, but every band that I love was inspired by the replacements. Cause they were another kind of like semi sonic like nineties band, but were were they were nineties, right? Or were they earlier? Replacements? They might have been earlier. Definitely eighties, I think. Yeah, nineteen seventy-nine. Alright, minus ninety points. I'll give you eighty back though. But like the hold steady, another Minnesota band, kind of indebted to the replacements, Titus Andronicus. A lot of bands that have kind of that like emotion emotional singing screaming. Yeah, I'm even thinking of. Jeff Tweedy Wilco yeah. for sure. So I'm reading here that one of their like nicknames that fans will call them is the placemats <laughs> as like a, you know, mispronunciation, just like John Lennon. Right. For book a, like book a table and the Mater D's. <laughs> well, I'll give you free points for that. Nice. That's three free points, but the points don't matter. Whose line is anyway style? Pass it back. We're going to listen to closing time again. <laughs> Um, no, I'll push it to you. But yeah, I did choose closing time. You want me to go on another run? Just felt like the um, best song on the album. Well, I think this is a good time to go on another run because that song, like I said, is different than what you might hear from the rest of the Replacements catalog. But the kind of stripped down ballad reminded me a lot of Tom Waits' closing time. Because our brains were so locked from Burbank to Rhode Island, just buzzing with a crazy frequency this week for connecting the classics because our yeah. connections were very similar, even though we don't plan this. I did pick the song that you picked for Tom Waits, but I was going to pick a different one and last minute change to it uh, because that song was just so good. I keep forgetting what it's called. It's like, I don't want to love with you. I don't want to tell you I love you or something. I hope I don't fall in love with you. I hope I don't fall in love with you. But since this is the last songs episode and I've been very off theme and I've been very off in general, and this might be my last podcast ever because I'm probably going to quit because I lost so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the first song, another inverse, like a white drummer and all black band or black drummer, all white band. The first song on the album, which I liked a lot when I was playing it back. Old 55. Another one that's been nice. covered. Like Bob Dylan and the Birds. I mean, doesn't this sound like that the last song we just heard? Yeah, great connection. A nice that's what semi-sonic connection. <laughs> My wordplay is trash. Don't reward me for that. <laughs> I, I didn't. I'll give you minus 55. <laughs> Uh, Jacob Schlichter of Semisonic would talk about once he got cool, he would he stopped taking the bus back to the white part of town, and he started riding in old '55 Cadillacs. Right. <laughs> he actually did write that, but uh, we're gonna cancel him for that. He went to uh, Harvard and studied African-American studies. Kind of South African-American studies? Wow, weaving webs. 
shows that no matter how smart you are to get into Harvard, still being smart doesn't make good music. I mean, he was just the drummer. He's technical. Yeah, and I hope I don't fall in love with you. He's got the line that we already mentioned about, like, bars closing, let me get another stout. Yeah. So that was my connection, weaving webs with closing time. But you already wove that web. Love it. And I thought this one sounds more like that replacement song, whereas totally. I, I don't fall in love with you is more like guitar. This also kind of sounds like that Liverpool band you played, like, you know, like a bar sing-along kind of thing. Like, this could even be a sports team's final song. Totally. So I did want to talk a little bit about um, piano bars. I was reading something on piano bars, which I thought was kind of a cool way to summarize them. Um, I think Is the Red Lion ha- ever have a piano player? They do, right? Yeah, Red Lion bar in that Red Lake. Lion in Silver Lake is kind of a piano bar sometimes. Um, but this uh, description was saying like a piano bar is a hybrid creature part performance space, part living room, part cruise-a-thon, part saloon. The bar is there to sell drinks. The pianist is there to perform. The crowd is there to sing, listen, drink, and socialize. All of this means it's impossible to predict what a given evening's chemistry will be, even for people that go there a lot. Yeah, there's something, it's like a a karaoke, but slightly different, you know, because there's like one person on the piano, but they're People usually playing songs that are fun to drunkenly sing along. Yeah. With like everyone singing. So um, just like CTC, it's impossible to predict what a given evening's chemistry will be. Yeah. I think we just like Champaign, it. Illinois, when I was 18 in the same high school as Jacob Schlichter from Semisonic, used to go to the piano bar, get a $1 Long Island iced tea. All right. I'm going to play us out here. Instead of closing time, going to do Tom Waits closing time and uh, we'll see you all next week wow violation <laughs> uh, you just ruined the premise of the podcast connecting all right closing no no play it we already heard this we already heard Everlast father of mine all right father going to Tom of Waits. mine <laughs> tell me where have you been uh, another little Closing time. Thing talking about uh, Third Eye Blind in the movie 2011 movie Friends with Benefits. Mila Kunis, after Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake have sex, Mila Kunis says, Will you sing me a Third Eye Blind song? Does he sing this? He sings Closing Time. Wow. All right. I'm going to give you the dub. All right. Let's listen to Tom Waits, though, after it drops. Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay here So we did it. We made some connections. We somehow wove together these albums that are super different. If you lasted to the end, email us at ctcpod on Twitter or tweet at us, connectingtheclassics at gmail.com. And I know I mix those up because I've been doing inverses all episode. It was an <laughs> <The> inverse episode. <laughs>
All right. Thanks for listening. We'll Please gotta go watch week. a football game. I was thinking CTC's points are a bit like fantasy football. It's true. It doesn't or matter in the end. It doesn't really matter, but you know, you can count the, the points as the game goes on. That's true. Fantasy points in any category you come up with. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening. We're going to leave you with Tom Waits. A little time. Hugh Masekela on trumpet. What song is this? Is this closing time? It's closing time. Is it fully instrumental? Yeah, it's the instrumental. It's the last song on the album. It's the instrumental closing time. Lee with an overtime dub just now. I'm going to give you the, the dub after the dub. My dub was called back. All like right. I didn't do very great on this episode, but you know, hey, we'll let the listeners decide. Tweet out. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. We got an app.